Are you needing more leads for your mortgage business? Have you been spinning your wheels, trying different strategies and not really getting anywhere? Well, you're going to want to stick around as in this episode, we have Jason Henneberry joining us and discussing some key strategies that are working today for several mortgage pros in this down market. Now, Jason, he's next mortgage pro who has built his business to several hundred million dollars in mortgage volume. And he's now a co-owner of Tangle Brokerage, who is one of the largest brokerages here in Canada. And he's also a mortgage coach teaching mortgage pros specific strategies on how to get more leads and converting them to win more business. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Commission Breath. Brandon Love here with Tom Moffitt and a very special guest, Jason Henneberry. Jason, welcome to the show. I think you are probably one of the busiest guys in the mortgage space. You run Tango. You've got Strategy Hub. You're on VIP Club. There's probably something else I'm missing there, but you get a lot packed into a day. So thanks for joining us. I got three kids. Wife likes nice things. Yeah, keep, keep <laughs> me busy. Keep me busy. Thanks for having <laughs> me, guys. I appreciate it. It's good to be on the show. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, it's great awesome. to have you here. So why don't we dive into things right off the bat and kind of let us know how you got into the mortgage space. Yeah, for sure. And I've been doing this for a while now. I got started in... 2003, 2004, I was working, you know, one of the banks, just putting up some big numbers and mortgages at the branch, actually, but also doing like personal banking kind of stuff. And one of my business partners today, actually in Tango, his name's Steve Rogerson, and he was running the mortgage sales force over at TD Bank back in the day. And he knocked on my door one day and he was like, hey, you know, if you came over and worked in my department, this was a, like the actual bank's mortgage rep team. He was like, this is how much money you would make doing the mortgage volume you were doing. I was making like 14 bucks an hour, you know, opening bank accounts. And he showed me like multiple six figures on the mortgage volume I was doing at the branch. So I was like, yeah, sign me up. So I joined the mortgage team. And then I learned really fast what it meant to hunt. I went from doing like, you know, whatever it was, 10, 20 mortgages a month in branch to one in the next six months. I almost didn't make it. I almost didn't make it through. It was a rough first six months. It's crazy what you can do, though, when your back's against the wall. Like, I feel like that's like a major thing that we see with a lot of people in the industry in terms of like, just kind of exploding. And it's funny when you're kind of like the guns to your head, so to speak, you really do start producing. So why don't you take us through? So once you started as a broker, did you transition to opening your own brokerage? Like, how did that work at that point? Yeah, so I did the Salesforce thing for a year, year and a half. And then Steve actually left to form an independent brokerage. And so I followed a lot of people from the team followed at that point. So I, I plugged away for a little bit and did some solo brokering. But I found I gravitated towards more strategy stuff, marketing stuff. And so I found the Smith Maneuver strategy back in the day, the book, you know, is your mortgage tax deductible. And I started doing seminars on that. We would drop flyers and we got to a place like I remember my first weekend, we dropped like 15,000 flyers and like three, four people showed up to my first seminar. And like, it was what you would expect when someone just starts to market, like we didn't do a good job at it. But eventually we grew that we got to a place where we were doing like 600,000 flyers a quarter to homes wow. driving. We did radio bus ads. We tried TV ads for a minute, but that didn't work. So way before you would do anything on social media. This is all like traditional marketing stuff. But we put 20,000 people through 300-ish seminars over the course of a two-year period, promoting like advanced mortgage planning and this back in like 06, 07. And that's how I got the bug for like advanced strategy and marketing stuff. That was my first round at it. And that's quite a strategy to put someone through. I feel like that's one that even like a lot of mortgage brokers, it's just over the heads. And they're like, ah, I don't really get it. <laughs> so direct to consumer, I imagine that would 
struggle. It was a lot of work, you know, if you're spending money on ads and putting bums in seats and seminars, like this isn't like go watch a video on Facebook or Instagram, right? It was like they would register and then you'd have to like dial and follow up and make sure they'd come on Thursday night. And then they'd show up and you'd have someone at the door, like taking their name and then they'd have to sit and then, you, you know, you'd present to them and PowerPoints and then you'd like book meetings because you know, a certain percentage would be interested. Like we had a whole sales process around it, but I learned a lot around process for that. Like, and so we got to a place where we were like, okay, cool. We would have, you know, a hundred people register and 50, 60 would show and 20, 30 would book meetings and 15 would do an application and you'd fund five or 10. And it was just like very predictable all the time. And so we built a business around it, but it's not for the faint of heart. You're right. It's a big commitment. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like a, a lot to bite off, especially I'm sure that time frame. like you're maybe a little bit of tech on the mortgage processing side, but we having people do applications there or it was just brokering back then. So there wasn't a lot of tech involved. It was just, you know, online forums to register people for seminars and belly to belly sales kind of stuff. But the market shifted on us 08, 09, as you know, like the Smith Manure was really about access equity invest and nobody wanted to talk about, you know, yeah. tapping their equity for leverage investing in 2009. And so it was, uh, <laughs> we went from doing really well, like we took a billion dollars in mortgage apps and in a two-year period and funded about a third of that through the seminar process. And then all of a sudden, like no one showed up to our seminars. I actually almost lost my shirt. Like it was really tough. I had to sell my house and some investment properties. I liquidated everything just to make ends meet for a while. It was rough, 2009, 2010. But then I got my game face on and I started to get my confidence back and rebuild a bit. And I realized one day, I was like, man, I'm spending all this time and energy trying to attract people by convincing them that, you know, they should think differently about their mortgage. And it was a lot of work. But then I, you know, the world had changed. And suddenly you could capture people's attention online. And I saw what some of the players were doing, like, you know, Rate Hub was on there and Rate Supermarket and True North. And there were some people that were playing in that space. Not a lot, but it was 2011, 2012. And I thought, man, I know how much money I make. By the time the dust settles, I was like, I'm doing all this work and advanced mortgage planning. And then here's what I net after all my marketing expense. And I was like, what if I just gave that Delta to the client? And I was like, so I tried it. So I went online 2011, 2012, and I just offered a low rate. And then 15 minutes after putting my ad online, I had a mortgage app from a little old lady who didn't know me from Adam. And she sent her docs in. Like I'm talking like under half an hour, I went end to end from a lead to a phone call interview to docs came That's in the crazy. door. And I was like, what the heck is this? So I celebrated because I wasn't making a lot of money back then. I grabbed my wife and I'm like, we're going out for dinner. I think I found something, you know? And I was like, but I left my lead gen running. And here's what went crazy is in the next few hours, I burned through like two or $3,000 worth of marketing spend because so many people clicked the bloody ad and I didn't have two or 3,000 bucks. Like I was broke. And I came home and I was like, oh my God, like what happened? Like I just, you know, I went out for dinner and I realized I'm like, there is so much potential out there. So it was like a happy mistake. And I tried to call some of those leads and I, you know, I recovered quickly because I was able to convert some deals, but I immediately went into business building mode and I was like, okay, I've gone the other way. I used to do like very deep dive, advanced mortgage planning, all value add. And then I went the other way and I was like, damn, I'm just giving them low rate. Give them what they want. Give them what they want because yeah. it's so easier to just give them what they want. Yeah. And then that's how we built Mortgage Pal. And I, you know, 2012 to 2014 ish, I built underwriting teams around me and marketing engines. And I'd call bookers. And I got to a place where I was doing 15 client meetings a day. Wow. wow. Like yourself? Me on the phone. I had someone, oh, we had, yeah, we were doing like a thousand leads a month. 
call booker, bird dog and leads, putting them into my calendar in 30 minute intervals. I wouldn't do this every day, but I would do these bursts. I would work really hard for 30 days on lead gen and I would just fill the pipeline and then I would kind of dial it back. So I would have these moments where I would do, you know, 15 calls in a row for like two, three weeks straight, burn myself out. But yeah. I just filled, filled the pipeline. And then I downline, I had like, you know, underwriting team and different people doing the actual processing of mortgages. But it allowed me to then come out of this intense sort of sales period and rest and learn from what I had done and freed myself up to build systems. And I went deep on systems and then I would just wash and repeat. And so I would do these kind of like waves of really intense activity, bring a lot of money in, dial it back, like build systems and then go again. And I did that for a few years. And that's how we built momentum for what we have today. Yeah, do you think awesome. somebody can do that today? Like, let's just yeah. say it's mortgage agent, mortgage broker in the space, and they want to build that team. Do you think they can so, do it? Yeah, team, that kind of intensity, doing like an intense push on lead gen and following a bit of a wave. Um, like, for most, sure. like specifically for rate discount shops. Like that's what you were doing, right? You were discounting the so, rate. No, today I would not play in that space because that space is crowded. And the people that are playing there have deep pockets, like really deep pockets. You're talking like, yeah. you know, rocket mortgage pine or like pick your brand like there's some people that are spending some serious money on that stuff the average broker can't even begin to compete here's why in the online rate game you're either first place or first loser so what i learned early on and we were only competing with maybe like four or five different brands at the time it's 2012 to 2015 right this is new stuff what i learned early on if you were in first or second place that you would get a reasonable quality of leads you would get the first calls and you would be able to fill the pipeline and negotiate a great deal and take their app and kind of lock them up. And then it was really hard for someone to then come in after that. But if you were in, say, what's the way to explain this? Let's say I was hovering in third or fourth position, then I would end up getting just a little bit of lead flow. But if I stayed there for like, say, a week or two, a little bit of lead flow, and then I was like, I need to fill the kitty, I need to fill the pipeline. So then suddenly I jump into first place to take leads, your spend rate goes through the roof. But for the first 10 days, all you get are people that already have approvals elsewhere with your competitors. And they're just looking, they're hovering to see if they can get a better deal. And so right. when you first like jump into first place, you don't close anything. You have to burn through a couple of weeks and then you have to have the wherewithal and the stamina to stay there in order to start capturing the new eyeballs. And so it is a very expensive proposition. And so why I built a team in the first place around this. It was just me and an assistant and a call booker. But then I realized I couldn't stay in first place. I was spending multiple five figures a month on these leads and like I just couldn't keep up. And so the only way to stay in first place and guarantee the quality was to then build a whole team around me and so that I could then have the bandwidth to spend that kind of money and keep the leads flowing all the time in first place. Very tough to do. So if you're a solo broker, it's almost impossible to play that game effectively. So, okay, so if you're a solo broker, you're not going in that space, you're sticking on the strategic value add, hand-holding through the mortgage process, adding more value than just, hey, here's a super low rate. So at that point, is there a sweet spot in terms of team size and volume size that you would go after if you were dropped back into the mortgage space as a solo agent? If I was starting over as a solo agent, is that what you're asking? Like, would yeah. you, I wouldn't do online rate discounting again as a starting point for launching a business. This is why I'm spending so much time. And you mentioned earlier, Strategy Hub. 
The reality of the market right now is there are so many pain points out there for homeowners and investors, like cash flow rates and like tax and all this stuff, right? And so people are feeling the pinch. Whereas like 15 years ago, when I was talking about advanced mortgage strategies, you know, you had to spend a lot of money on flyers and radio and bus ads to get people's eyeballs, but you don't have to do that anymore. And so right now, you've got this perfect, we're in a bad market, don't get me wrong, it's not a perfect market, but there's this window of opportunity here where people have a lot of pain points that we can appeal to and we can get in front of them really, really cost effectively through social media or ads or whatever. And so if I was a broker starting over again, I would absolutely be focused on deep value. How can I help solve those pain points? And that's some of the stuff we're working on at Strategy Hub. It's like, what are all the strategies that homeowners need to actually get ahead? And that's where I would focus my energy. Cool. So for our listeners who don't really know Strategy Hub, why don't we touch on that for a second? So the idea behind it is it's advanced strategies for brokerages, teams, as well as individual agents, correct? Yep, that's right. Yeah, we've got a little bit of something for everybody. We launched Strategy Hub last year as a premium thing you know, just a small group of brokers. And we started focusing on some of these strategies. Like we have one strategy where we show people why they should buy a rental property instead of an RESP still makes sense in this market. It's really cool. And then we have another one that shows people how they can use the cash flows from their rental property to make their own primary residence mortgage more tax efficient. We've got reverse mortgage strategies. We're actually going to be doing a workshop. This might come out after the workshop, but you guys will see me. We're doing a whole workshop for the industry in a couple of weeks around advanced reverse mortgage strategies, like how to help retirees generate income and all cool stuff. So it's way more around solving those pain points, but people can come into Strategy Hub, dip their toe in for like a hundred bucks a month. Now, we didn't have this last year. We were just focused on a few key people to get the platform off the ground. We've just opened it up. It's like now you can come in for a hundred bucks a month and come and hang out and attend the calls. And then if you want to do some of the more advanced stuff, like some of our more advanced members are leveraging all the tools and the strategies to actually get in front of more partners, like more realtors, more financial planners. So if you're into like expanding your reach and having better conversations with clients, you can come in at the pro level. It's like hundred bucks a month. But if you want to then leverage all this and go and get your partners to actually market you to their clients, then you start moving into more advanced conversations and that's more elite. And it's a little bit more expensive, but it still doesn't break the bank. It's still only like four or 500 bucks a month. And then we have like a whole new thing that we're rolling out in January for brokerages. Basically a whole brokerage can plug into this thing and open it up for all their agents. So I'm super pumped about it. And we're getting a lot of good feedback from people. People are actually like finding business, which is critical right now. Like people are actually yeah. out there and they're winning over partners and they're winning over deals. And that's the stuff we need right now. Yeah. Sure. These are key and developing those relationships too right now. Like in the down market, people are leaving the space. There's less mortgage brokers. You got to pick up those realtor partners or referral partners, whoever you're trying to deal with. So I love the fact that you can leverage it to establish those partnerships. And for the people that are having the most success with it, are they focusing on that relationship piece and giving that value add to the partners? Or are they more so trying to dive into the direct to consumer with multiple strategies? Or are they just dialing on one? Okay, cool. So you just touched on something really, really cool. They're doing both simultaneously. Okay. I'm going to tell a story. And so probably you guys know this or some people know it or whatever. But back in the 80s, like Remax ran a consumer facing marketing campaign called well not called but it was like the above the crowd thing you know and they had the hot air balloon and so they were talking about how you know you should list or buy or sell your home with remax it was all consumer facing advertising 
But at the end of the day, they were talking about like why their agents are the best in class and all this mm-hmm. stuff, right? So they were talking to consumers, but they were really, the real intent of that ad campaign was to go after the realtors and get realtors to come and sign up with Remax. So I think it's got, like, it's the most successful realtor recruiting campaign that ever was, I think. They've written kind of like, you know, whatever essays on this stuff. So we can do that as solo brokers say. So back then you needed to have the budget of a Remax. You needed to get on the radio and you needed to get on the TV in the 80s. That was the only shot. But today we can stand up, we can go on our socials and we can grab our phone and we can be like, hey, I'm Tom and I'm talking to you about this awesome strategy and here's how I help like, you know, my clients save 10,000 bucks. And you can talk to the consumers, but you can get the attention of your partners. And so the people that are really killing it in Strategy Hub, they're actually doing both. They're talking about the strategies, but they're going after the partners. And it costs nothing. Like you can do what Remax did 30 years ago today. And I'm telling you, like we got Zach in there. I just did a testimonial with him. He's got 50 new realtor partners already signed up with him. And one of them is a coach for 40 more. So he's basically got access to 90 partners just by talking about this stuff. And he's not the only one in the group that's having that level of success. It's so cool. But it's like 80-20 rule. I got 20% of the people that are yeah. like going in. 80% are kind of hanging out going, what do I do with this? And that's normal. Yeah. Like, you're going to have that with any coaching program. You're going to have that in any industry too. Not yeah, just I, don't, I don't want people to think like, oh, you sign up for this thing. And it's like, yeah. you know, and I also feel like talking about it a bit too long. Like this isn't an ad for that, but I do appreciate you asking me. But yeah, it's like, if you're serious about your business, whether you look at any of the stuff that we got going on or not, the thing that I think people should be doing today is look at like, what are the pain points that your clients have? Whatever your client avatar is, figure out what products or what ways you can like actually help them move the needle on saving money and then get on social media and talk about that stuff. And have conversations with people, invite people to reach out to you in your DMs. Like you guys are really good at this. I see you doing this all the time, right? Like, so yeah. I'll flip the script a minute. Like you guys must be having success with this approach with what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I mean, you just touched on it. The fact that you're building these relationships with partners as a byproduct of it, that's been the biggest impact for us since we've started on our social journey. Like it's only been, what, two, three months, Brandon, since we've really gone all in on it. And the biggest impact that we've yeah, had is through our existing realtor partners sending us more leads for whatever reason they just see us more often or they just love the fact that we're now online or developing new partnerships with a lot more realtors and we're focused on realtors but this can be for any referral partner but we're seeing that just from social itself more so than the direct to consumer yeah okay cool now are you talking directly to partners or are you talking to consumers but attracting partners like how is it landing for you guys a bit of both Yes, yeah, so we have our like invested entrepreneur FI talk kind of thing that goes direct to consumer. And then we share that through our social channels where additionally we're reaching out direct to partners. And then we do things like our Friday videos and our lead updates where we're now looping in the partners to different things we're sharing on social. So it's just this whole like several touch points, whereas before they, you know, they get a bi-weekly call and now they're hearing from us several times a week, but it's in no way pushy or in their face. They're happy to be along for the ride. Cool. And so you're noticing just by doing that, you're getting an uptick in regular referral business from those partners. They're just seeing you more. That's what I think is the opportunity there. So it doesn't really matter what you're talking about. I think a lot of brokers get hung up on like, if I talk about it, then I need to actually do that thing. You know, like we've got some brokers on Strategy Hub, they talk about one strategy and they're like, well, I didn't actually like 
help someone with that strategy. So I feel like I've got a bit of an imposter syndrome or something like that. But that's not what you're doing. You're trying to like build your personal brand and become known as the go-to person. And you get this like uptick in everything else that you do because you're talking about creative stuff. Last week we had Ryan from Calvert on and he was talking about the strategy to save new construction. And we're like, great. So both of us talked about it on our socials as well as to our partners. And now we know when those kinds of problems come up, they're going to come to us and we're going to be the team that saves the deal for them. Whereas before we pretended or waited until we had that scenario come up, we would never have that opportunity. Okay. So you shared a scenario, you kind of like, you're like, Hey, this is an example of how you could use this product, even though you haven't actually helped someone with that product. Exactly. And another example of that is realtor partner. Well, a new one I just met with this morning, first call with her, we connected because I put out a social piece on porting. So mortgage porting, and she was interested because the spinoff to that was to realtors, the value add was, Hey, This is why you should be getting this message out to people because people don't understand they can port their mortgage and keep their low interest rate. So ding, 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 that went off in her head. She wanted to reach out. So that created that connection already. She sent out the templated email that I gave her on mortgage porting to her database. And she had three questions from three separate people just from that one email. So we're already creating that connection with the realtor. Who knows if we get leads from those three people that reached out to her, but we're giving her that value add and now our foot is in the door there. Okay, cool. So if I'm just repeating back what I heard, but like, not only are you talking about it, but you're getting your partners talking about your stuff. Yeah, is that what you exactly. did there? Like exactly. That yeah. person talked about what you can do or, or did they talk about you or did they just talk about porting? Just porting. I, and that's how we always word it to them because we're saying, hey, don't put us on the email templates. Use it to your pleasing. And nine times out of 10, they're going to come back to us because they're going to have more questions. Like realtors don't understand how porting works, nor should they. So they're going to come back to us with more questions. And that's where we can just keep feeding them. And eventually they're going to send us those leads because we're going to pitch them. We're going to tell them what we do best on our side. And then it just keeps going from there. Love it, man. I love yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a fear of giving. Like a lot of people are like, yeah. oh, I don't want to give that away because then they'll have my secret stuff. You're just giving, 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 giving. And it works. It 100%. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, at the end of the day, like Tom said, we're giving them the vehicle. They're coming to us for the fuel. But then they're also kind of hooked on us because for their next strategy that they need to get, they're now opening our fire. Friday email or our weekly lead update and they're looking for the next piece that they can apply to their business because it's growing for them as well. So it's kind of like we're getting them hooked on the supply. I feel like we need to get you guys coming in and talking to our strategy hub group a little bit. Be happy to be there. <laughs> Open invite, guys. <laughs> I saw you because I'm on your broadcast channel. It's broadcast channel, right? Is that what it's yeah. called? I yeah. still haven't been able to figure out how to unlock that feature for myself. I can't. Yeah, it hasn't come out to everyone. It's it, I don't know why, but Instagram's like slowly rolling it out. Brandon, you're waiting for it too, right? Yeah. I've reached yeah. out like five times now. Nothing. Yeah. So but that's yeah, cool. It, yeah. So, like I know a little bit about it, but I feel like I'm interviewing you now. But like, can you share that? Because I think so many people would benefit from knowing this thing is out there. Like, I can't wait to get it on my account. Yeah, for sure. And we do plan on doing full episode on this too, but we were waiting for Instagram to release the feature to everyone, but pretty much it's a space that you can create. So let's just use direct to consumer, for example, like let's say you're niching in on entrepreneurs. You can go even more specific, like entrepreneurs who want to invest. That's kind of what we're doing with our podcast, the B2C podcast. And you can funnel these people into this group on Instagram called a broadcast channel. And It's a one-way communication that's sent out to everyone in your group. 
So let's just say you have 100 entrepreneurs in there that you funnel them into. That's for a whole other conversation, but you funnel them in through DMs, through posts, whatever it is, you get them to that link, goes in the broadcast channel. You are the only one that can send a message to these people in the channel. So say you send a message on, here's how to get a mortgage in this market as an entrepreneur, whatever the video is that you want to do. You put that in the broadcast channel, sends out one-to-one to every single person, Nobody can see who's in the group, except for like, you can't even see who's in the group. Unfortunately, you can see that there are people in the group though, right? You can yes, see how yeah. many are in the group. And then if someone likes the post, you can see who likes the post. It's a really weird concept, so it, but it well, works. kind of like a newsletter. It's like a newsletter that everybody gets to see the engagement from all the other newsletter recipients. I was going to say the open rate is so good though, because it goes direct to them via DM, which is essentially like a text message. So everyone opens it. I would say for the most part for you. So your engagement's super high. It's this like hidden feature. No, I don't want to say hidden, but it's just something that's not really advertised too much on Instagram. But I think it will be. I think they're going to make a big push on it to let people know about it. But it started with creators having the access and they're slowly rolling it out to people. I don't know how I stumbled on it. I don't have this huge Instagram, but for some reason I have it. (laughs) Don't don't log out of your account, man. Don't don't do anything that kills that. No, it's so cool. I love it. Yeah. It's stuff like that, that, you know, five years ago, 10 years, well, even today, most of us don't have access to that feature. There's so much cutting edge stuff that all you got to do is just share yourself with the world and business flows. Yeah, exactly. So let's flip this back to you because we probably want to know more about you. Honestly, I felt a little sheepish because we were talking about me so much there, but let's do it. Let's do it. No, no, I love it. It's more of a conversation. That's what we want to do here. We don't want to just be like, okay, next question. So pivoting back to you, so you've got Strategy Hub. You're fully out of like writing loans and being like an actual oh, yeah. mortgage broker, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I came out of uh, being a mortgage broker back in 2016 to form Tango. So we had our brokerage was running. We had our team, the lead gen under Mortgage Pal. We had done Spotlight at that point, 2016. We did right. uh, Doc Assist, which was uh, on-demand underwriting support. A lot of your listeners might not know what the Doc Assist brand is. That's because it's one of my failed businesses. We worked really hard to make that thing work, but it was really tough. We were doing on-demand, yeah, underwriting support. Like you had a full underwriter that you could just plug into. It didn't matter what brokerage you were with. We worked on that really hard for a couple of years and did pretty well. We brought on like 100 brokers. But everybody wanted customizations. And I learned a lot from that business because I've learned how to like keep the value proposition simple enough that you can scale it and that everybody gets value without feeling like they need a custom deal. Underwriting was the exact opposite of that. It was very difficult. But so we did Doc Assist. We did uh, Lender Spotlight. But then I realized that we were losing ground on the brokerage. Like we grew our brokerage to a half a billion dollars, which was cool. That was Mortgage Pal. But even then, like we were tell, like we were used to be like a big brokerage was a hundred million dollar team. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, 250. And then I was at 500, but I could tell it was like, now you couldn't get the lender's attention unless you were a billion. And I just felt like we needed a different approach. And so we formed Tango and we brought a few brokerages together. My main partner there, Dean and I, Dean Larson and I now, but we had other partners along the way, like Steve Rogerson and Sandy Fisher still in there and Nick Douse and you know, and slowly people have kind of like moved towards retirement. But the vision there was let's bring all these brokerages together under one umbrella. And we're all spending money on things like payroll and compliance and operational stuff. Like it's duplicated effort and we're doing everything on the back of a napkin because back 2016, payroll was done on a spreadsheet. Like everybody was running payroll on Excel. So there was a lot of stuff that just wasn't there. And so we saw this opportunity to say, okay, well, let's take all the systems that we had 
build at MortgagePal and let's like create an environment where we can essentially support brokerages. And the first thing we did was support our own brokerages. And so we brought that group together and then we've grown it. We now have like 50 different brokerages under Tango. But yeah, across the country, mostly in BC and Alberta, but we're making inroads into Ontario. We actually have some news coming in Ontario. Look for it, January-ish, maybe you're gonna see some announcements. We're gonna be bringing Tango to Ontario. I'm pretty excited Unreal. about that. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Tango really is, we solved the problem for ourselves, which was how do we streamline and scale payroll compliance and, you know, access to lenders and all this stuff. We grew it to about three, 400 agents and 4 billion in production. And now our model is largely like most of our recruiting happens at the team level, 100, 200, $300 million teams. We just brought on a big $500 million team and they basically just outsource all their back office to us and plug into a really cool ecosystem so they can do what they love doing, just, you know, building their business. A lot of operators are producing brokers too. And so they get to continue to focus on producing and supporting their agents. And that's been a really good model for us. So we're going to keep doing more of that. That's how we got from like being a small brokerage to building, you know, a $4 billion group. Yeah, I love that. Because yeah. I feel like Tango takes everything that people hate about the mortgage business off their plate, like all the compliance, backing, yeah. the headaches, and it just says, okay, you know what, go grow the stuff that actually drives revenue. I think it's a great model. Yeah, we do too, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> so Tango, grown out west, making inroads to the east now. What's kind of your vision, long-term vision there? Yeah, so we're going to continue to grow. Lenders keep moving the needle on us, like what it means to be an important partner. We love our lender partners. It's all good. There's just, there's economics of the business that even if you're a billion dollar group now, it's not enough. I know because we have these discussions all the time internally, you know, having the appropriate lender access, getting access to the products, to having dedicated underwriters, all the things that make the business smooth on that side, you really like size does matter, but we like being a brokerage because it still allows us to you know, be close to our agents. And what we found for us has worked really well is at some point, like you get to a certain size and it's hard to, it's hard to support everybody directly. And so that's why our focus has been on teams and team leads and bringing on smaller brokerages and allowing them to do their thing. And so we've got this really nice mix of size and scale, but everybody feels supported because they're all in their own teams we allow people to build their own brands and stuff like that. So we're just going to continue to do that. We put a lot of effort into getting it to where it is. And we actually feel like for the first time in five years, like remember we formed Tango in 2017, a lot of work on our own systems and processes before we really started to get vocal about this. A lot of growth momentum in the last two years, but we're just getting started. And so we're just on this path. And I don't know when that'll change, but it's not changing anytime soon. Yeah, that's awesome. If you guys... So if you had one piece of advice for an agent right now, that's, as you know, like a lot of agents are probably down year over year in volume. You know, we talked about the strategy in Strategy Hub in terms of giving value adds to referral partners and direct to consumer with all of the different strategies you guys provide. If you had to like pick one direction for an agent to veer towards, I know I'm being a little broad with the question, but if you were an agent, you had to get 10 more leads in the next week or so. You just had to ramp that up more. What would be the one thing you would focus on? <laughs> if you needed 10 leads in the next week, I would say call a busy broker and offer to help them do their deals. <laughs> <laughs> There's no magic bullet that's going to get you 10 leads in the next week. 
and close revenue. So that's the unfortunate part is I think that most of the projects that are successful today, like I just told you, Tango has been five years in the making strategy have were a year, year and a half in the making. We did VIP club. That was, I've been working on that for three years and we acquired it right. from Scott Peckford actually who had it for several years before that. Like nothing just works out of the box. Not in my experience anyway, it takes a little bit of forethought. So what I'd suggest, though, is the, the absolute fastest strategy for maybe finding partners, if you want something concrete, mm-hmm. I would say you get on social media every day, you get on Instagram and Facebook, you know, you could do it on LinkedIn, you could do it on TikTok, but just pick one, maybe two platforms, get on there and start sharing how you can help people and then start following, like track down the partners that you want to do business with in your local market. There's a strategy on Instagram that probably everybody knows about, but I'll just say it. It's like a follow unfollow strategy. So Mm -hmm. on Instagram, you can follow like they say up to 200 people, but comfortably before the platform takes notice of you, you can do a hundred, maybe 150 follows a day. It takes like 15 minutes. You can go realtor, financial planner, accountant, like whoever you want to track down lawyer, you just follow these people and a percentage of them will follow you back and a higher percentage of them will follow you back if they see and resonate with your content. So the key to making this work is post, talk about stuff. It could be talking about ports. It could be talking about advanced strategies. It could be talking about whatever. It doesn't matter, but you gotta be talking. Follow the people you want to follow and then engage with their profiles. And then the moment they follow you back, you give them a quick DM and you're like, hey, how's biz? Thanks for the follow. And they will reply to you and you have a nice casual chat and evolve the relationship from there. And these are some of the methodologies that I know you guys use. It works really well. You have a process where you put them into your broadcast channel and you nurture mm-hmm. those relationships. We have processes like we've got all these methodologies that we're developing in Strategy Hub to teach people how to do this. It's working really well for everybody. You don't need to sign up for anything. You just go do what I just told you. That is the process. It works. Hands it up. works. That's it. Yeah. Like, you don't need to pay anybody to learn that. You just learned it. No, That's exactly. It. Yeah. Is cold calling dead? I don't like getting cold calls. I never answer my phone. I barely answer. The only person I answer my phone for are my kids, my wife, and my mom. Yeah. So, yeah. And you guys, when you call, of course. (laughs) the point. Like, do you like getting a cold call? No, I don't. I don't. Brandon, you've got a different outlook on it. I don't think calling is dead per se. I think it's getting less and less effective. It's a numbers game at that point. But I mean, social hands down, I think for me right now is definitely working a lot better. What about you, Brandon? I work the phone pretty heavily still, but I'm not cold calling. I work the phone after we've had a meeting. So yeah. you're probably going to hear from me 20 to 30 times a year at minimum. If we seriously before. Yeah, he's, he's a player on the phone. Dude, that's crazy. But, but warm, warm outreach. Warm. Not like you're not no. cold calling a complete stranger. No, it's like, so I if we get that, if I've connected you on social media, I pitched you. You know, I'm going to call you if I'm in your town, I'm going to call you, go grab a quick beer, grab a coffee, whatever it might be. You know, if I see something that like, I'm like, oh, Tom would be totally into this. I'll give him a quick call. Hey, I just thought of you when I saw this, that kind of stuff. Nothing any, ever like, you know, occasionally I'll ask, do you have any leads that I can help out? Throw a hard ask in there, but most of it is just kind of nurturing that way and staying top of mind. But that came kind of like, I got really good at the phone from just necessity. Like when I started doing mortgages, I did it off of a tablet. Like I didn't even have a laptop at the time. I was just grinding the tablet. So I would just call, get the data points, input them, and just build my budget from that. So really bootstrapped it. So the phone was 
what I had. So it's kind of like my creature comfort and also the thing that I'm not willing to give up because your phones aren't going anywhere, in my opinion. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, everything that I'm doing or teaching or helping people with, it's all about getting on the call. And so, you know, whether you're doing social or whatever, you get that conversation going. The goal is to get them on a Zoom call or a phone call because it's the conversation that leads to the conversion. And so everything's about trying to have conversations. So you're playing the end game already. Like you're having those conversations. So I think that's great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's funny you mentioned your tablet. You just reminded me. I'm going to throw a challenge out there to the whole industry, whoever listens to this podcast. I think I am the first broker to ever do like a digital application on a phone through Phylogix back in the day. I have submitted, I've gone end-to-end on a BlackBerry, one of the original Blackberries, with like a one-minute load time per page doing a Phylogix application in 2004-ish. So if anybody can beat that, you let me know. (laughs) I was at a cottage with very like, yeah, anyway. You get the picture. That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> like it was so painful. I remember also being at like a cottage and being like, going to write this bit down on paper, then hop back into the tablet. Kind of like, you know, it was awful, but whatever. Good couple of today with Velocity and Finmo, like hands down. I mean, we use Finmo, so I can't really speak to Velocity, but we love it. We're so spoiled and we take it for granted where we are today, especially for newer agents in the industry. They don't know how it was back then with like paper applications or, Maybe they're still yeah. using Biologics, some of them. So, okay, so you use Finmo and you integrate with a CRM or like what's your tech stack look like? So we had built out, start of this year, we started building Leadvine, which was kind of like our marketing CRM piece. We've gone away from it a bit now, which is kind of grandfathered for anyone who's on it. But we still use that on our back end. And then I use a bit of a spreadsheet and broker edge for just oh, tracking cool. renewals. And then tech-wise beyond that, like we use VIP Club, we use Finmo Lender, Spotlight. What else, Tom? Tom's our big tech guy. I should let you field that question. <laughs> yeah, with Leadvine, it's grown off of High Level, which is like a big CRM company in the States. So that's for our, like our leads aspect. And we do have a bit of CRM tracking for mortgages in there. But yeah, back end is brokerage to track the mortgage anniversary dates. I think that's pretty much it. Like we tried to cut out a lot of the stuff we were using because we were in so many different applications that a lot of it wasn't really big X factor in our business. And we wanted to just really cut out the noise and just like narrow down our focus on one or two platforms. So that's where we're at there. Other than that, I think that's it, Brandon, eh? Yeah, a lot of my, we favorite. use a lot of Loom. So we True, use Loom yeah. to yeah. constantly doing Looms. Love that. Yeah. 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 So we do Loom for like signing packages for clients, budget reviews for clients, sending a realtor, the weekly email update, weekly videos, all of that stuff. So I feel like we use Loom like every, every yeah, day. Sometimes. I transitioned from BombBomb to Loom as one of our past episodes, but yeah, Loom we use and I was going to say something else. I forget. That's it. Yeah. That's cool. You guys are ahead of the curve on so many things. I'm not surprised you got a bunch of tools that you're using. I appreciate the plug for VIP though. Are you guys doing the diamond giveaways or just the gift cards? Yep. Or you're doing yeah, the diamond. group contest? Did yeah. you ever have it without the group contest or only yeah. the group contest? I actually mixed it with both because I was one of the original. I don't know if you can do this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I was going back and forth. I'd be like, oh, I want the diamond this month. And next month, I just want the gift card. Yeah, still okay, do it cool. I don't know if no, you can't like... do that anymore because when <laughs> you were like, I don't know, I don't know if anybody's going to like this thing, right? So we just introduced it as an on-off thing and now it's just on. 
But let me ask you, did you notice a difference between yes. diamond and no diamond in terms of the oh, engagement? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Way more engagement on the diamond. And when I was switching on and off, a couple questions would be more like the gift card ones were just like a more personal questions like, hey, what's your favorite Halloween memory or favorite costume, whatever, like those personal questions are. Yeah. And for the diamond giveaways, I would do something more juicy, like, hey, are you coming up for renewal? Or do you have a friend coming up for renewal? Something like that, where I can get business off it, because I want more of those entries coming in. But yeah, diamond, I don't know the stats on it, but probably I'd say like at least double. I know the stats, it's double. So is we, it, yeah. Yeah. So when we first, so this is an example of like, and how you grow things, we had our membership and we were like, okay, what can we do? We could go out and try to get more members, or we could figure out how to maybe like increase our revenue per member. So we were like, well, what can we do to make the system like more effective for people? And we're like, well, what if we just, people stopped giving away $25 gift cards and we started giving away like iPads and MacBooks and we're like, oh my God, so cool. So we introduced it and right away, we only had like 20, 30 people or whatever that first month. And we called everybody. Brandon, you're going to love it. Picked up the phone and I called every single member or one of us on the team called and we were like, you got to try this thing. We we're like, would you pay for it? You know, like we weren't sure what it would do, but it was instant Tom, to your, like, we were just like, everybody got double the engagement. And then we watched that for a year. And then at one point we were just like, okay, now you can't get the VIP club without the diamond group contest. Like it's the only way we sell it. We still have legacy accounts that they can opt in or out. But yeah, it was so crazy. It's good to get that feedback from you. I appreciate it. You're doing all the realtor partner stuff. Are you on Partner Plus on VIP or have you tried that at all? I haven't tried it. And the only reason is because I'm really trying to push out the broadcast channel and focus on the one thing. But there's one day where I was really- I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to hook you up because you've given me like a platform to talk about my stuff. So just- Shoot me an email if you want to try it and I'll waive it for 90 days. In fact, anybody who is listening to this podcast, I'm just, this is totally off the cuff. If you're not already on it, if you're already on it, call me, I'll give you some different deal. But like, if you're not on it and you want to try it, ask me, ask Tom, ask Brandon, they can put you in touch. Like if you're doing your stuff in Instagram, you're engaging these people, you're going to be able to say to them, Hey, I'm hooking you up with VIP club for free because you're on partner plus the results you're getting, you're going to be able to give to them. And that's exactly what you're doing. This is the stuff we're doing. We're like, we're helping our partners grow their business in a meaningful way all across all the different things. Yeah. So I want you to try it. I'm gonna hook you up. It's no risk. And then you let me know, maybe we come back on, you can tell everybody. I was just going to say, we're going to try it. We're going to go through it for the 90 days and then we'll report back on another episode or something. Let's do it. Yeah. I know yeah. this is like shameless promo, but people that are on it, they're I'm excited. It. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's a great Friday video for us too, Tom. Just roll oh, out, so. e- easily, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, one of your broadcast, like, is that what you do in the channels? The Friday, Friday email is through email. And then I do a Monday broadcast channel message, Brandon, your Friday as well, through email. Yeah. Friday email. Quite often I'll share Tom's broadcast message and then just kind of expand on it or do my own take because we don't always agree and go from there cool yeah you guys are killing it i love what you're doing man yeah likewise we always watch what you're doing too so a lot of respect there and i don't know how you do it all in a day but it's quite neither do i (laughs) yeah well thank you so much jason for joining us it was an absolute pleasure if any agents want to reach out to you for anything we talked about here today how can they get a hold of you just at jason henneberry hit me up on instagram shoot me a dm ask me how biz is and i'll reply and we'll have a conversation awesome we'll put that <laughs> the model show notes <laughs> that's the model yeah yes appreciate it guys thanks awesome. thanks jason this is an i love mortgage brokering production 